0: All right. Let's give it up for these guys today. These young people. Thank you, guys. I never, I never seen Elu play so well. This is the first time. So, didn't know he had so many gifts. Um, so, thank you, thank you for doing that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming to church today. And um, as you know, we have been studying the book of psalms every sunday every sunday we have been talking about a different emotion the first emotion that we talked about uh several sundays ago was the emotion of joy how is it that we keep joy in our lives and how is joy different you know from happiness and also uh we also talk about loneliness uh the emotion of loneliness how Uh, we can find, you know, that fulfillment in God and how sometimes even though you might have a lot of people around you, you could still feel lonely and possessions and people, they can fulfill, you know, a certain part of fulfillment in your life. But sometimes people go through loneliness even though they are unmarried or they are married or they are remarried or they have kids and grandchildren. Uh, this could happen, but we also learned that in the middle of that, how God can help us. We also studied the emotion, and I feel like this thing is going down. Anyways, um, we also studied the emotion of fear. Um, How fear, you know, can sometimes be something that is real, but at the same time, fear can be something that we just make bigger, you know, and we study how David, uh, he had real fears in his life, but sometimes there would also be fears that he would kind of like, you know, just see certain things, you know, bigger than they were and how God helped him. We also learned about gratitude. Richard spoke uh, on that Sunday, you know, about gratitude, how important it is to live a life in which we are grateful for the things, you know, that God does in our lives And then we talk about anger. You guys remember that? Thank you, kiddo. So we studied uh, anger, and uh, we learned uh, last Sunday and last Thursday in our discussion in the life group that getting angry is not bad. Getting angry is not a sin. The way we channel that anger is what could be destructive If we are not careful. So we learned that, you know, we take our anger to God in prayer. Uh, We learned that sometimes, you know, we play a role in, in having that anger. We also learned that anger is a secondary emotion. It could be the result of having fear in our lives or being hurt by something or by someone. And today I want to speak on the subject of contentment because... We live. We live in a society that that teaches us through commercials, teaches us through social media, teaches us through, um, you know, sometimes appearance that the more we have, the better we will be, or the more we have, the happier we will be. And sometimes, you know, we fall into the mentality of, if I had this, I know I will be happy. If I had that, I know I will be happier. If I had what they have, I would be so happy. And, um, and we know that sometimes what happens is that in, in our search of happiness, we try to get more and more and more and more, and the more we get... Uh, the more worries we also bring into our lives. If you make make more more and more money, uh, you, you're probably going to have more bills to pay. You're going to have to hire an accountant. You're going to have to worry sometimes about taxes. And so I'm not saying that going after more is bad. That's not what the Bible says. But there's got to be an understanding in our hearts that we have to make the decision and the choice To be happy with what God has given us and what we have the opportunity to have. So, contentment, I found in the dictionary of Google that contentment is a state of happiness, uh, a state of happiness and satisfaction. So, happiness and satisfaction. Happiness, as we know, you know, happiness, it's a choice, it's a decision. We decide to be happy. Uh, You'll probably notice that, you know, when you got your first car, how many of you guys have had a new car before? Raise your hand. Do you guys remember when you came out of the dealer? Oh, my gosh. The smell, right? You didn't even want to open the windows because I don't want to smell anything from outside especially you know if it's a you know like a nice uh, car for focus you know with nice technology and you're like trying the new things and and you're talking to your friends you know about your new car and people ask you questions and you're like oh yeah my car he can my car can park on its own I remember the first time you know when I heard that I was like yeah right like Am I going to get off the car? And the car is going to go like, fume, 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 and that's it. And, you know, I would show up one time at a meeting in a, at the sheriff's department in South Central L.A. And one of the, you know, the the officers, you know, he, I just saw him that he was leaning on his seat. And the car literally was next to each other and started backing up, backing up and parked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is like super incredible. Um, especially if you're not good at parking i mean that comes up handy right so but then you realize that after a couple of months after 6 months after a year you're already checking out you know what's the new model and sometimes i have friends that after 2 years oh yeah and i want to get the you know the the new the new model you know that is coming up next year so and I've been like, wow, you just got this new car two years ago and now you want the newer. And sometimes, you know, some of my friends, um, they tell me, hey, Franklin, why don't you get a new car? Because your car, I mean, I don't, <laughs> one friend told me, your car doesn't match, you know, who you are. And like, what do you mean it doesn't match? Just because it is a Toyota Camry, you know, from 1988? Come on, bro. It works perfectly. I don't have any issues with my car. I mean, yeah, it might be a little beat up, uh, but you know what? It takes me everywhere, everywhere. It's in a very, very good condition. Now, do I want a new car? Yes, I do. Would I receive a new car if anybody says, you know what, I feel in my heart led by the Holy Spirit to give Pastor Franklin a new car? I will totally accept it. I will not reject it. But... Do I want to get a new car and, you know, do I need to get a new car and get into those payments on a monthly basis? Maybe not. Maybe not. But because I recognize that certain things can make you happy. You know, like a, a nice-looking boyfriend, a nice-looking husband will make you happy, a beautiful wife, you know, will make you happy. Uh, but in the long run, uh, sometimes, you know, after 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, uh, People change, you know, physically, and and we all change, you know. I, I mean, if you see me with pictures, when I was uh, 18, 20 years, I was extremely, you know, skinny, slim, and and uh, I don't know what happened, you know. I don't know what happened. I guess the good food, you know, when you visit people from the church, they feel you so well, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you look a little different. But anyways, so... But um, so contentment, you know, a state of happiness and fulfillment. So are you making the decision to enjoy what God has already given you today? Or are you getting anxiety? Are you getting depressed because you're still not getting, you know, what you want but may not need? Uh, or maybe you need certain things, but you still haven't been able to accomplish those things. So I want to take you to the book of Psalms, chapter 62. And uh, I want to share with you four points uh, real quick, you know, about contentment. And in the verse, you're going to see that what David is doing is that we have to be Content and made the decision to be happy, whether the circumstances are working on our behalf or whether the, or the circumstances may not look so good for us. But we have a place where we can go, and that is God. So Psalm sixty-two, verse one and on says, "Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never." Never be shaking. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this uh, turret, tottering? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. Within their mouths they bl- they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock. He is my refuge. Trusting him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath; the highborn are but a lie. If weighing on a balance, they are nothing together, they're only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you today, Lord God, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness and the power uh, belongs to you. We pray today, Lord God, that as we come out of this church today, that we will uh, take contentment, Lord God, as not just as an emotion but as a habit to practice it every day. That, Lord God, we, we may want... We may have desires, we may have things that we still want to accomplish, but help us come to the understanding, Lord God, that things from this earth are temporary, Lord God, and a lot of things can bring happiness and, and happy moments, but they don't bring complete happiness into our lives so we have to uh, understand Lord God that contentment uh, only comes from the understanding when we have a relationship with you and we are grateful and thankful for the things that we have. Thank you Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray amen. So David, he had already experienced, you know a lot of things. He had already experienced, Uh, a little bit of wealth and richness, and at the same time, he had experienced a little bit of loss in his life. So at this time, if you read the the entire psalm, you are going to discover that first, he starts, you know, by admitting who God is. Verse 1, he says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. So as you notice from the verse 1, he's saying that his life, His soul, he finds rest in God. So at that moment when David Eno was writing this psalm, it wasn't the perfect time for him, things were not going great. You know, things were not looking like, oh, wow, you know, I'm so happy because of all the great things that are happening in my life. As a matter of fact, in verse 3, he says, how long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? So he's facing, you know, betrayal from people. He's facing abandonment, you know, from people. Uh, Good friends are walking away. People, you know, are saying bad things about him. And he gathers all of these situations in his life. And he says um, in verse number 1, one, truly my soul finds rest in God and i want to share this first point with you when it comes to contentment because number 1 we will find contentment by looking to God instead of our circumstances and i know i know some of you may say today uh franklin you know that sounds you know like it's easy to do but it's not really easy to do but it's a principle that we must learn it's a principle that we must um, adopt in our life and it is based in the decision that we make to, to find faith or to have faith in God we will find contentment by looking to God instead of our circumstances remember sometimes you're going to have good circumstances going your way You are going to be happy. You are going to be, you know, maybe joyful. But sometimes, some circumstances are not going to be going your way. Are not going to be going as planned. But no matter what the circumstance is, David made a decision, and he repeats it several times in the psalm. He says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. One thing I want you to know is that happiness is a choice. Happiness is your choice. Whether, whatever the condition that you have is, happiness is a choice. And let me tell you, let me let me share a little bit about, you know, what I've gone through in my life. And some of you have already heard the stories. But I remember when I was a teenager, I used to pray and pray and pray. Oh, God, Lord, if, if you make a way for me to go to the United States, I will be so happy. Because I know that, you know. It, it's a place, you know, for opportunities, it's a country where, where uh, you can do, you know, so many great things, and, and I will hear people talk about the American dream, and I remember watching um, a show back in the day that it was like a step called Beverly Hills 900, something like that, you guys remember that show, and uh, I, I, So now I have come to the understanding that no matter what situation you are, contentment and happiness, you can, accomplish, you can achieve it, you know, when you understand who God is in your life. And David understood that. Verse number one, he says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. You know what? Let me tell you that when you develop in your relationship with God, when you seek after God, when you're in the presence of God, when, when you get to know God, do you guys remember the first time you guys f- fell in love? Um, Danny, don't say anything. Okay. But do you guys remember uh, when you, are uh, no, you too, you, you don't say anything either. But do you guys remember the first time you fell in love? I mean, whether you were hungry or you were full, or, or, or whatever, you know, what situation, you felt so fulfilled because you had the love of that person in your life. And with God, who is the creator of love, when you fall in love with God, that fulfillment is going to come to you in a thousand times more. Like joy is going to come to you in your life because you will experience, you know, what David experienced in verse 1. When he says, truly, he says, my soul finds rest in God. Oh my gosh, thinking about the word rest. How, do you guys, how many of you guys like sleeping a lot? How many of you guys get very little sleep? Yeah. So, wow, isn't it, like, awesome, you know, when, especially if you have, like, this beautiful bed, and and it is so comfortable, and you're like, oh, wow, the, the more you sleep, the more you want to stay in that bed, and, I mean, we can go for days, right, resting, and this is what David is saying, that, that having a relationship with God, is it's like having that bed. Like things can go in, be going crazy around in your life, but you have a place that you can go and rest. And then, you know, get that energy back, get that joy back. Because God is that resting place in your life. So we'll, fi- we'll find contentment in our lives when we look at to God instead of our circumstances. Look at verse 2. David is saying, truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will never, he says, be shaken. And then he describes, you know, what's happening in his life. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this starting fence, surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place they take delight in lies with uh, their mouths, they bless, but with their hearts, you know, they curse. So David is going through all of this, you know, opposition in his life, but he is saying truly, 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 God is my resting place. Uh, if you uh, take a look at verse verse 5, he says, uh, yes, my soul, and, and that's a sentence that, has a couple of commas right there. So David is not saying, yes, my soul finds rest in God. Look at what it says, verse 5. Yes, my soul, find, it doesn't have an S, finds, like in third person. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. So he is commanding himself. He is proactively telling himself, you got to trust and believe in God. And sometimes... There's not a lot of people giving us encouragement, you know, in our lives. We would like for somebody or we would like for people to to cheer us up because some of us, some of us do you not know, like words of affirmation. But David is saying, even though I don't have that many people around me encouraging me or believing in me, but he says, but my soul, you got to trust in God. And that's what we have to do, you know, sometimes when negative circumstances are just, Going, you know, against you and there's a position in your life, you need to proactively uh, remind yourself that there has to be a time where you decide to rest in God. And, you know, some of the things that, that I do, uh, this works for me a lot. Uh, I write Bible verses. Uh, I have Bible verses, you know, in, in, um, in my office, in my computer, I have a Bible verse. Uh, in the my refrigerator, I have another Bible verse, and then on the door, on a sticky note, you know, have a, another Bible verse, and my Bible verse, you know, in the office, you know, for example, uh, says Deuteronomy 8, where it, where God says, or well, Moses says, "Do not forget the Lord your God, because He is the one who gives you the power." And that word "power" from the Hebrew means also ability, skill, grace, favor. Um, it means so much so I know that when I get Frustrated or when I get disappointed, I look at that verse and I said, Okay, God, you are the one who gives me the skill. So give me the wisdom to understand this project and make it better. So give me the skill to, to just make it faster and improve. And if I go home, you know, I have another Bible verse there that reminds me that I have to be proactive in feeding my faith and not feeding my doubt. And it works. It works. I can tell you, you know, right now that I am a very happy person. Even though, you know, I may not have everything I want, I am very happy. I don't even understand myself. You know, sometimes I I should be sad, but then I'm smiling. And I'm like, I don't know how I do it, Lord, but oh, my gosh. And, and I don't know. It's just that joy, you know, only comes from the Lord. So David is telling himself, believe. Be proactive. Mark 9.24 talks about a father whose son, you know, was, was dying. And, and Jesus, before making the miracle, Jesus asked this man, do you believe? And he said in Mark 9.24, uh, yes, I believe, he explained. But he said also, please help me overcome my unbelief. So sometimes, you know, we also have to to do that and and be honest with God. God, I have a little bit of trouble trusting you. Please help me. Just like David said in verse 5, help me command my soul and my mind and my heart to truly believe that you are my rock and you are my salvation. Even though things are going crazy, opposition is on this side, uh, I have a lack of something on this side, but I know that I can come to you because you are that resting place. So number two, we will find contentment by choosing to trust in God. So choosing to trust in God Uh, Let me tell you, I 100% believe in Romans 8.28 where the scripture says that all the things work for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So, some things may not go my way, but you can always trust that God has a purpose for you. Sometimes you may want something and the opposite happens. And you don't understand it at the moment, but Jesus even told his disciples one time, when they were doubting something, he told his disciples, guys, what you don't understand today, you will understand later. And even Brother Steve Jobs, right, he said, uh, you will connect the dots but looking backwards. You cannot connect the dots looking forward. When he was fired... From the same company you know, that he started, he had the opportunity to go outside, create a couple of other companies. He met his wife, had children, and if it hadn't been because he was fired from that first company, he wouldn't have accomplished some of the things that brought him back successfully to the great company you know that he started, Apple. And most of you have iPhones. So and I even got a high phone now, but anyway, so we will find contentment, you know, by by choosing to trust God. David says. Verse 5, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. How many times, you know, we go through situations and circumstances where we feel like, like our reputation is being affected by things that people say, by things that people do. Sometimes, I mean, we make mistakes, you know, in our jobs, and and sometimes, you know, people create a different impression of you because of something that went wrong, and then all of a sudden, you know, things are spreading around that you messed up, that you made a mistake, and blah, 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 but David says, hey, You know what? My honor depends on God. My reputation depends on God. As long as I know that I'm in his purpose and I'm following him, he will take care of my credibility and my purpose and my name and whatever people say about me. God will take care of it. Verse 7, my salvation, my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. You people pour out your hearts to him for he is a refuge. So now this is a command, you know, to us. Put your faith in God. Put your trust in the Lord. And I want to finish with these last two points. Number three, we will find contentment by pursuing a life of integrity. When, um, about three months ago, my former supervisor uh, left our company to go work in another company. And she did my evaluation, you know, before leaving. And one of the things that she wrote in my evaluation that I really, really like is that she said, you can always trust Franklin that if he makes a mistake, he will admit his mistakes. And you know what? I was like, you know what? That's true. That's true about me. If, if, if I messed up, I admit it. I don't hide it. I prefer paying the consequences of me making the mistake than me trying to hide it. And then later on, it explodes. Or later on, you know, you're tempted to lie, to hide, you know, what happened in the past. I believe, you know, just like the scripture says, the more you live a life of integrity the more peace you will have in your life. David says, verse 9 and 10, Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, uh, they're nothing together, they're only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. So verse 9, David is referring to people who create uh, gain or, or wealth or, or victory out of cheating. It doesn't work. Don't put your trust in that because that will pass, you know, very soon. And number four, we will find contentment by understanding God's character. Verse 11 and 12 says, One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. It's a present, present, past, or past participle. It's not a future tense saying God will reward those who do good. He's saying he will reward everyone according to what they have done. So I want to encourage you today that wherever you are in life, you can start right now by saying, God, thank you for giving me what I have. Are you guys grateful, you know, about this church? Are you guys grateful? I mean, we, we don't have a, a drum player right now, but hopefully, you know, Elijah will continue growing and he will take on that mission. Look at how many chairs we have. I've been in churches, small churches that they can even, this church, They they may look a little old school, but they are very comfortable. I mean, so comfortable that if you sit there for, like, more than 10 minutes, you, you start feeling like, oh, wow, this, I'm too relaxed. If you, if, you were only, if you were only able to see the, the places in so many countries, how people sit down to go to church. I mean, so, some people sit down on the floor. Some people sit down on rocks. I mean, some people don't even have chairs. Let's be happy with what God has given us. And if there's something that you are lacking today, please know, verse 1, find your rest in the Lord, that he will reward you for your faith. But do not get desperate. Do not get anxious. He is going to re- respond to you on his time. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you, Lord God, for this time. And thank you, Lord God, just for the this beautiful opportunity we have to meet in this church, Lord God. In this building, Lord, thank you. Lord, we we may not have all the things that we want to today. We may feel like maybe we need a new house, a better house, a better apartment, um, a better car, Lord God, or a better job. And those things are important, Lord God, and you are willing and you want to bless us because you say in the scripture that if we delight ourselves in you, that you will give us the desires of our hearts. But help us to understand that there's a difference between something that we need and something that is a greed, something that is causing greed in our hearts. Lord, you want us to have a life where we are content, we have contentment, and we are grateful. Help us understand that we need to enjoy what we have, even though it's not perfect from a human perspective. But, Lord, we have what we need. We have a job. We have a car. We have a church that we can go to. Oh Lord, we we have so many good things that we need to be grateful for. We need to come. We are, Lord God, so blessed to live in this country, in this community, Help us to acknowledge the blessings that you have already given to us. And also to understand, Lord God, that like in verse 5, David told himself, find your rest in the Lord. If anyone here is going through a difficulty, Lord God, I pray that they will proactively look for ways to feel their faith and not their doubt. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you.